As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. I thought about singing an intro. An intro. I thought about it. You should. Well, we should write like a whole musical intro for each for each podcast. We have yeah. plenty of time to do this, Matt. <laughs> On your lives. free time. Yeah. In our I'll, free time, we could write yeah. musical. Write intros. a little ditty. If Today one thing, we are talking with Jared Andrew. No. <laughs> well, right on. We're. Yeah. That, would you make a? I rap think that's a good instead? start. I'm going to write that down. I'm write that. Down. All right, Ben. <laughs> Take notes. I just love your idea. Uh, Christy, you're on location today. On I location. sure am. I'm in Michigan, West Michigan, yeah. people. Michigan, West Michigan. My hometown. Dutch and it's country. sunny here, which is like abnormal. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing in Michigan? Oh, man. I wish it was for something fun, but it's for a funeral. So, oh, yeah. That's right. But Right. Is um, this for your friend that passed? No, it's like my sister's mother-in-law passed away. Okay. So okay. I had a college roommate pass away. I felt a lot of death in the last month, y'all. Yeah. And um, death is hard, really yeah. hard. So, um, but I'm glad to be here to support my sister and love on my family. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Good. You're only uh, four, four hours away from us, just up the road. I yeah. know. Just up the road. I, I feel like I can hear, I can hear actually the echo of your voice traveling down <laughs> from the north. That's just your headphones, man. Oh, okay. I was wondering what that was. I was like, man. It's a little it bit is fun when we're in the tell. same time zone, though. Oh, yeah. So It makes it yeah. less confusing to try to figure out when we're going to record these. <laughs> Not for me. That? What's that? <laughs> what time is that? Well, How much yes. math do I need to do? To, yeah. we've, we've got a great conversation for you all today. Jared and Drew join us to talk about their ministry slash podcast called Inverse. Um, yeah. Really excited if uh, you aren't familiar with their work and not familiar with their um, their partnership, excited to introduce you to them. I know I've benefited a great deal, and this conversation mm-hmm. was generative. So, anything else yeah. to anything else to share before we jump in? Yeah, I would ju- I would just say that Jer- Jared and Drew are also sort of uh, involved in various other things outside of the work they do together, and so mm-hmm. we're putting links to all that stuff. You know, Jared's got this thing called Common Grace um, that is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just a movement of people seeking Jesus and justice. And Drew um, Hart is uh, uh, the author of a few books um, and also is like program to, to uh, sorry program director for something called Thriving Together: Congregations for Racial Justice. And so uh, they're both doing good work together and separately. And uh, would encourage everybody to check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and check out anything this else podcast. from you? Yeah, and check out this podcast. This was a fun conversation. <laughs> uh, it was a fun conversation. So, all right. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. Here we go. Welcome, Drew Hart and uh, Jared McKenna to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Dr. Drew Hart hails from Philly and now lives in Harrisburg, and he's the author of two books, Trouble I've Seen, Changing the Way the Church Views Racism, and Who Will Be a Witness, Igniting Activism for God's Justice, Love, and Deliverance. He's a professor of theology at Messiah University, where he leads the program for Thriving Together Congregations for Racial Justice. And he's the co-leader of the Inverse Podcast with our second guest, Jared McKenna, American civil rights legend and strategist from Martin Luther King Jr. The Rever- Reverend Jim Larson has said, quote, my young Australian friend, Jared McKenna, is an expert in nonviolent social change, end quote. As well as living the dad life, Jared is the founding CEO of commongrace.org.au, the former director for nonviolent social change for World Vision in the Middle East, Eastern Europe, and co-host of Inverse Podcast with Dr. Drew Hart. Jared and Drew, welcome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Glad Matt. to be here. That, that was nice. The intro kind of had a natural circle to it. Did you notice that? that was yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Look, yeah, it, it just goes downhill from here, right? Everything. <laughs> so much good symmetry. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Um, we'll see you next time. Um, well, uh, guys, I've, I'm really excited to have this chat with you all. I've benefited a great deal from your work and your ministry, not only um, in social spaces online, but also through the Inverse community and podcasts that you co-lead. I'd love to uh, give you some space and time to reflect on that community, what you've learned, and the vision and mission behind it. But first, let's start maybe back um, just to get you to know you a little bit for our audience. Um, would love to get a sketch of how you ended up here working together in this most, I think, unique and online community. So, Drew, let's start with you. Um, maybe give us, I know this could be a whole podcast, but give us a brief sketch of like, how'd you grow up and what have been seminal moments in your journey that brought you to where you're at today? Yeah. Um, well, first, I guess I would say um, that I'm a child of the Black church, right? Grew up in a uh, I guess small to medium size black congregation. I'm actually a PK. Um, in fact, I'm a, I come from a line of pastors and preachers, um, well known in the Philly area. Um, and so I grew up always with a foot in the church and a foot in the streets, I guess. And um, a lot of who I am is shaped by those pivotal experiences. Um, came to really love and want to follow Jesus as a young person and uh, ended up deciding one of those quirky folks who decided I was going to do biblical studies when I went off to college. 
Um, so I went to, at that time, Messiah College. I was a biblical studies major, which most students there are not that, uh, you know, as maybe Jared would say, uber spiritual. Um, you know, most folks are just getting engineering degrees and such, but there I am, you know, biblical studies. Um, and that time for me was a pretty significant one. One, because I deepened my understanding of the biblical texts and all that it contained so much more, right? Uh, surplus to what I had understood in those stories, but also um, came to have intimate lived experience with white Christians for the very first time. Um, and that was also um, pivotal, but because of the cognitive dissonance that it created for me. Um, in fact, so much of what I do, even beyond inverse, um, you probably couldn't understand outside of me having this experience where I'm like, why are white Christians so racist, right? <laughs> I'm like trying to, I mean, because mm-hmm. I had been, you know, taught, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and all these lovely things. And so I was really confused. Um, mm. But but also was my faith was actually deepening during that time. And so um, leaving that space I, for a little bit, spent about four years at, it was a multiracial Anabaptist congregation in Harrisburg, Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Church, because um, they intentionally were trying to pursue conversations around race as a faith community. Um, I ended up a little disappointed, I guess, maybe it's the, the nice way of saying it right now, of, <laughs> of what was possible in that particular community at that particular time. Um, but it also, you know, at the same time, I was both... Uh, diving deeper into Black theology. I grabbed, after I graduated, I was reading like James Cone, God of the Oppressed, and Black intellectuals like, you know, Michael Eric Dyson and Cornel West, and all these, you know, just diving deep, trying to learn and understand. And so I ended up going back to Philly um, with a real kind of new kind of disposition and posture in terms of just the issues that were just most prevalent for me in my faith. Um, back in the Black church, in fact, serving at my home church that I grew up in. Um, and in that space for the first time, when I, I came back, I realized that I was a little bit different than how I had left. And mm-hmm. so for the first time, not while I was at Messiah, not while I was at this Anabaptist congregation, but in a Black church, I started identifying with Anabaptism, <laughs> mm. um, which is a part of the tradition of uh, Messiah University and some of the spaces that I was moving in. And so I started connecting while in the Black church with, uh, in Philly, there's this really vibrant kind of Anabaptist community that's different than what most people associate with Anabaptists. Um, it's Black and Brown and Asian folks around the table mm. with some white folks too, but they're actually the minority in Philly at the at the table. And so um, a different kind of expression of Anabaptism. What they meant by that was a little bit different than I think some of the mainstream conversations. And so that was really uh, a pivotal experience for me as well. Got my MDiv, did my PhD in theology and ethics. And really that was me exploring Anabaptism, Black theology in conversation with one another, thinking about the history of Christendom and colonialism, white supremacy, and how that impacts our world today. Um, all during that time, I don't remember the exact date. Jared might have a better sense of when, but um, but all of a sudden, you know, back in the day, I used to be a lot more uh, active on Twitter. I I kind of lay low, I guess, these days. But um, but back then, um, all of a sudden, there was this Australian, you know, reaching out, dialoguing, interested in like you know James Cone and Vincent Harding and Anabaptism and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and all these things that I, you know, a student of the 
not only the black church, but civil rights movement. And so over time, our friendship just kind of develops and grew over the years. Um, I think we Skyped a few times back in the day um, when Skype was still a thing, right? Before uh, <laughs> it got destroyed by Zoom, um, like Blockbuster, right? Um, mm. And so, but- And then I came I'm, and visited Drew. Yeah, and, and Jared did come. He, he came all the way across the world, 12-hour time difference, and met yeah. me in my office. Um, oh, and wow. actually, I was an early... So Inverse Podcast technically um, began before me. Um, mm-hmm. So I was a listener before I was a participant. Um, but I was also one of the early... Um, I think it was episode three uh, in for fact, Inverse Podcast. Drew, I, I don't know if you know this, or maybe you yeah. might be able to fill in the details, but I was either yeah. driving um, with Don... A lovely fellow. Yeah, no, Don Golden and was with it. Yeah, yeah. Don Golden was driving me um, yep. to Walter Brueggemann's house and we we're going to stay with him or from Walter Brueggemann's house. Right. And w- in one of those directions, either away um, or to Brueggemann, um, we we're like, we- we've got to spend some time with Doc Hart. And so that that's how, mm. uh, in fact, I think that's the only time we've been in the same that's place That's the only time we've been Even though we spend hours space. and hours together each week. We have one picture together. And it was in my office, <laughs> but that's it. And I owe him a trip to Australia. I need to get over there. But um, but it was the beginning of the pandemic, really, that Jared had reached out um, asking if I would um, join him and partner up. And I had actually been thinking about doing that kind of thing. And because, I mean, I joke sometimes to say he's my brother from another mother, right? And I say that just because, I mean, we've got a lot of our own differences and emphases and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that I think are really congruent in terms of our understanding of what Christian discipleship calls us to and the kind of imagination for the kind of world that God is dreaming up for us that we ought to lean into. And so yeah. um, it's been exciting and fun to be partnering with Jared in this work. I, I sometimes joke that we're not identical t- twins, but we do have the same mannerisms. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I want to return to some of those themes and topics you brought up, Drew, um, the trouble you saw, (laughs) Uh, the things that you learned and kind of the disappointment of a multicultural dream and how those kinds of things play into the current dynamics that you are working through at Inverse. But uh, first, let's get the other kind of part of the story. Uh, Jared, how about for you? Can you narrate some key points in your story and how that's led you to where you are today? Yeah, sure, mate. Um, well, first, let me um, just name something that uh, maybe some others are thinking of as they listen to this, but the incredible generosity in which um, Drew included me in the story of his people. And that has mm. consistently been my experience of the Black church, this incredible welcome. Um, nothing irks me more than when people talk about American Christianity and what they mean is white Christianity, where there is this mm. um, prophetic gift to the world that has been the black church tradition that is just not known by many. Um, my story in a way, if, if Drew is a, a PK, I'm an MK and some might be scratching. What's an MK? My dad was a monk. I'm a monk's kid, which, um, you know, not many people get to say that. Now the story isn't as salacious as it was. Was he a sound. bad like, monk? I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Matt, like some people were like, Oh wow. That's no, um, my dad had actually, uh, left the order that he was a part of. Um, the rest of his family actually migrated to Australia in the late sixties. He came out in 72, um, from Dublin, uh, where the monastery he was a part of um, was. And he was in an order where it was a nursing order, so he had a um, nursing qualification. So he got work as a nurse, and that's where he met my mum. 
Now, my mum gave her life to Christ uh, at Swan Hill Baptist Church three years after seeing Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King, and it mm. said underneath, uh, this is on country ABC TV, the equivalent of maybe the BBC in the UK, but Australia instead of British, um, and uh, it said Baptist minister underneath. And my mum was so taken by um, uh, this figure and what he represented and the footage as well from, um, uh, I think it was uh, Birmingham in 63 of fire hoses and dogs being set on children. Um, and my mum went and asked her mum, what's a Baptist? And her mum said, I'll point out the Baptist church as we go and get groceries from Swan Hill, the nearest town where you could actually get groceries because they lived in this little town of a couple of hundred people. And so my mum, three years later, when she got her driver's license, drove to Swan Hill. Now, she found out that not all Baptists are like Martin Luther King. That was a longer journey. Um, but I am this uh, mix of um, uh, this exposure to Martin Luther King that created a, um, a, a fascination with um, Jesus expressed in Jesus-y ways and um, uh, this, this deep and well-grounded contemplative um, tradition that expresses itself in, in mercy made practical in nursing. Um, grew up in the Restorationist movement. Um, uh, add to that Pentecostal fire in my teen life. I thought that led to where everybody goes after experience the Holy Spirit in those ways to start an Anabaptist Catholic worker community, but apparently that isn't everybody's testimony. And that was my <laughs> life for like nearly a decade, um, uh, living in uh, one of the poorest neighbourhoods um, in our uh, Oscar Romero house and Martin Luther King house and Dorothy Day house uh, mm -hmm. and St Francis of Assisi house. Um, doing uh, permaculture gardening and teaching nonviolent direct action and uh, running programs for the local Noongar Aboriginal kids um, until I started First Home Project where I lived with um, uh, nearly 100 refugees um, uh, and we launched the Love Makes Away uh, movement um, and then met Drew. And th this is what we're doing, fostering community in really exciting ways. So th how's that for a little sketch? of yeah. uh, some of the highlights that I've got to give thanks right. for. Wow. An impressive summation, I think. I, I don't know yeah. if I could condense my story that neatly. Thanks, Jared. It was good. And now a word from a sponsor. All right, let's get back into our conversation. So we're going to talk up a little bit about Inverse. Uh, there's a lot of, I think, things that happen within the Inverse community that are, that are uh, indicative of larger social trends and also questions that our listeners have about how to do the kinds of things that you're doing in their local expressions of what they're trying to uh, embody as church. Uh, but first, um, what, what's the two minute of what is inverse? <laughs> what, what do you do? Who's it for? What is inverse? I don't know how to reduce it um, that well, because it is so many different things. And I don't think it's actually the same thing. Like people are interfacing at different points right yes, so yes so i imagine that if you ask different folks what inverse is you might get drastically different answers which is some of the beauty right it's almost like a kaleidoscope of experiences that people are having with the inverse community um but i mean i do think that at the heart and i think some of this is reflected in the actual podcast when we talk about you know turning the world upside down right um that we see the ways in which um you know, white supremacy and colonialism, um, ecological uh, destruction, all these things have devastated our worlds and really have uh, 
distorted the Christian faith in our society, right? So often that it has become a harmful force in the world rather than a healing force. And so I think that um, in all that we do, um, it's trying to lean into the the faithfulness of the God revealed and expressed in the person of Jesus Christ and participating in what God is doing in the world in the midst of all this other stuff. Uh, and we're not afraid to name the the incongruencies of other expressions that are very prominent, right? Um, and at the same time, not allowing that to be the main focus, what we're, we're not just about what we're not, right? Mm-hmm. Or undoing that, but really trying to lean into something faithful and more beautiful that reflects the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so good. Yeah. So I think I, that- I'm in, Drew. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that- so, I mean, it's a podcast, obviously, that's a part of it, um, which does include live community actually kind of joining in while we're um, actually doing our podcasts. Uh, but then there is all the underground stuff that's happening, right? Uh, there is what we call subversive seminary and decolonizing um, Sunday school, Sunday school. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of other groups. We actually have a lot of other groups, and maybe we'll get into some of that as well. Um, but but it's it's a global community. Um, from let's see, Jared. <laughs> so we got the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. We got Australia and New Zealand. We got Kenya and South Africa. Mm-hmm. We've got I don't know, just all over the place, right? Participants who've been um, engaging, um, committed to being a part of the community, finding their belonging in this community. Many of them, we've had a lot of folks who are on the way out of the church, and like I think Inverse was like their what they assumed was going to be their last stop on what was going to just, and then they found something that was really um, moving and more beautiful. And I think any of them was ex- were expecting when they first joined into the community. So it's been kind mm-hmm. of a, a neat space also for a lot of people who have experienced a lot of harm and hurt um, in the life of the church and other Christians and in the broader society, and then finding a space where they can kind of do some healing, relearning, and kind of living into something else. What do you think, Jared? How would, what would you add to that? Oh, it's so good, Drew. Um, when I joke that theologically, uh, Drew and I aren't identical twins, but we share the same mannerisms. Those those mannerisms are around um, embodying and and the um, uh, a sweet love for the lowly Jesus and and what it is to to live that love. So, um, uh, yes, we're serious about um, you know decolonizing faith um, and a disarming hope and living that liberating love. Uh, but that's only because of the sweetness of um, who first loved us and um, the insistence that that is a, a radical, um, uh, not merely personally transformational, but um, socially, ecologically, we really think the gospel is good news for our world's most pressing problems during our ecological crisis, um, where we have economies that seem suicidal and come at the cost of the poor. We really think Jesus offers um, us participation in something that, um, you know, humbly with um, our broken, problematic selves points to something that can really heal. And um, it is a joy to foster a, a listening spirituality. And that's probably an important word oh, for yeah. us Absolutely. as well mm. is um, we're mm. serious about um, opening up the scriptures in such a way that we look to Jesus and listen to surprising people, including we've had friends who were 
um, Sikhs and they choose a passage from the New Testament or Muslim friends or Jewish friends, or atheist friends, um, reading the Bible with surprising people, um, uh, looking for how the Spirit might provoke us, um, uh, call us into the joy of repentance and that repentance is actual joyful business, like weaning ourselves off that which is death dealing and finding life. Is it hard? Sure. Sometimes it really hurts, but it's a kind of hurt that comes with healing, not the hurt that gets justified by somebody saying it's healing. Yeah. And um, we are, uh, you know, just so thankful for the diversity of people that we find in that space and who we get to partner to with as well, like Masingi Trust and Masingi Talks in Kenya yeah. with our sister, Carol Unga. Um, uh, who else? Um Ani Sharon and Uncle Ray and Rissa Minicon at um, Scarred Tree Indigenous Ministries, um, the warehouse in South Africa. Uh, who am I forgetting, Drew, that we've partnered with? I'm just thinking um, Chet and Elaine, Bartimaeus oh, Ministries. Bartimaeus Ministries, like yeah. um, uh, Eastern Mennonite University, um, University invited us in to um, do a conference with them. Um, there's some other exciting things um, on the brew with some other universities, but we won't no spoilers at this stage. So we're, we're just excited to see what's, uh, yeah, what people are being drawn into. Mm, I love that. You guys mentioned decolonizing Sunday school, and I want to double click mm. on that. So what do you mean by decolonizing? <laughs> and then tell me, what are some of the topics that you've covered? Yeah, great question, um, Christy. Um, if you had asked me before um, we partnered with um, um, Zwandile Nkuta, um, or Umzi for short, um, I would have answered differently. But he has me reading um, uh, Catherine Walsh and Walter uh, Mignolo, um, and uh, oh, it's got me thinking, do we need to change decolonizing to decoloniality uh, de uh, and Sunday school? Um uh, because part part of the answer is that, um, well, l let me start theologically. Um, uh, when our Lord's half-brother says, um, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Um, it's really important how we understand world. Uh, for some people, their default understanding of world might be all those who aren't Christian, which I think is like, pretty problematic. Uh, mm -hmm. For other people, it might be um, physical, material, uh, the earth creation, which is, I think, equally problematic. Mm. Um, I was taught uh, it's uh, Disney World. Is that not Disney <laughs> Friendship with Disney World? <laughs> and um, uh, Mickey's, Mickey's Minions. Yeah. Um, how we understand that matters a whole heap. Um, uh, and I think I think Jesus himself does a pretty good job of actually giving substance to what's being talked about. Um, uh, people love the bumper sticker, he came to give life and life to its fullest, but forget the first half of John 10.10, 10, which is the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So whatever's comes stealing, whatever comes killing, whatever comes destroying, it's clearly not of God, it's not Christ-like, it's not Jesus. And the thing with people who know their history is that there's that moment in 1492 where lands that now get referred to as South America uh, got, quote, unquote, conquered um, under a crown and under a cross. And this is a story that hasn't disappeared. Um, and to, 
to talk about those realities and to talk about and confess that um, the church played chaplain to that which came stealing, killing, and destroying mm. um, starts to reshape discipleship and that these aren't a secondary political consideration, but this is actually like what does it mean for us to stolen follow Jesus on stolen lands? Uh, what, what does it mean for us um, to, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus um, where um, genocides have happened? Um, what does it mean for us to remember this history in ways that we can heal instead of um, continue to hide bodies under flags and monuments to those who actually carried out the killing, often with crosses, and churches are named after them? And so um, decoloniality um, or decolonizing is to ask such questions in such ways that we allow the kingdom um, to actually be good news to these issues. Um, and, um, I mean, there, there's a little intro. I could go on and on, and I'm tempted to, to quote Australian Aboriginal um, poetry, but maybe that's a sneak peek for what could be like a, a 10-week series. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I appreciate about um, the the posture of the podcast and and your posture, uh, Drew and and Jared, is just the, a, a posture of learning, a posture of uh, wanting to continue to learn. Um, that there doesn't seem to be a posture of, which you know I think is part of decoloniality uh, as right as well. Right, there's this um, mastery or expertise kind of posture that comes with. Uh, colonization. Right. Um, but I wonder if you could um, just double click a little bit on some of the things that you've that you've learned. I think even even your distinction between decolonizing and decoloniality is an interesting one uh, that I I think I'd I'd like to hear more about. But what else have you learned as you have kind of fomented these conversations on the podcast? Um, you know what what kind of space is inverse and what. I don't know what's what's emerged for you since you started, especially maybe since you started doing this together uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, one of the things that's been really beautiful is precisely out of the global nature of the conversations that we're having. Um, hmm. So, I mean, I, I've grown up in a context where, for example, grappling with race and white people <laughs> and white people's ways, right? It's just always been a part of my life. So that's not um, anything new per se. But um, to hear our friend Carol from Kenya talk about when we read a book and she will, we actually have a segment in our subversive seminary space where she'll go talk for about 10 minutes. Um, and everyone, right, in our context for subversive, subversive seminaries, a little more U.S., heavy. I mean, it's a, still a global space, but there's a lot of U.S. folks. And so we were really uh, grateful that she would partner with us in such ways so that her voice would be lifted up and that they would hear, everyone would hear how this is hitting for her yeah. um, in terms of her own Kenyan experience, right? Okay. Yeah. And so I think like those kinds of conversations and intentionality to kind of, um, again, have that kind of listening spirituality where we can receive and be transformed uh, not receive in a passive way, but actively in ways that it changes how we live and embody uh, life on the ground, I think is really powerful. Um, also deepening some of my own interests over the last, and it's been growing over the past decade, but certainly Inverse has helped facilitate that even more so, is even just stronger conversations around, um, in the U.S. context, Black and Indigenous mm. uh, realities and their kind of 
collective uh, significance for each other. That's really been beautiful mm-hmm. for me to kind of pick up where I've had like some friends that I had like sporadic conversations with. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a little bit more like ongoing, just like nonstop mm-hmm. that these are some really important conversations that we get to have together. Mm-hmm. Um, so those have been some of the really significant ones, the global experiences. And let me add that. And I mentioned to Jared, I was, we were talking about like global, like I had a really neat experience um, and it, and some of it is really through um, doing inverse that I was invited to Cape town. I know Jared's been there already doing some anti-racism discipleship stuff there. Um, and one, I was just amazed at how many inverse listeners there actually are. Yeah. I was not expect, I mean, I knew that we had folks cause we've got folks who connect a part of the community, but like everywhere I went, right. There were inverse folks who really, uh, were just grateful for, um, the kind of conversations that we're having, even folks who were not necessarily a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was a gift for me really, um, to just be there not only to do some teaching and stuff that I was doing, but also to hear the local experiences that people were having because they have so much, uh, I think we don't see our interconnectedness as much mm-hmm. as it really exists in the ways that mm-hmm. our lives really are bound up together and that someone else's struggle really is our struggle and that we've got to see that more clearly. And so to take that as a theoretical idea, but then to press that out even more so on a global level has really been impactful for me. And I carry that with me in all the work that I do, right? Mm-hmm. I um, All their stories and experiences sit with me as yeah. I, I go and I do a lot of the work, the anti-racism work that I'm doing here in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hear in that some, like one of the things as I have been learning about colonization and um, whiteness and you know, all the ways that that's distorted our vision for Christian faith and discipleship. Um, the sort of the divide and conquer strategy of, you know, the the master, uh, the colonizer, mm-hmm. um, to kind of take the different, the various groups that are being colonized and sort of dividing them and promising some of them a little bit of the, you know, like you can have a little bit of the, uh, the, the empire's, uh, you know, benefit if you will partner with us in oppressing these, these other people. So, I I see in some of what Inverse is doing, like a beautiful kind of coming together of of people who've all been affected by this, you know, um, in various ways to be able to yeah collaborate on you know what you know how this is impacting us and how this is affecting us and all the various ways that um, that we can sort of learn from one another how to resist this ideological kind of hegemony that has sought to really like take over the world, you know, in a lot of ways. And so that's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and to that point, you know, one of the things, you know, as a black American, and I think about like, it does take courage for black Americans to stretch out some in some ways, precisely sure. because in our context, there's so much anti-blackness even beyond white communities here in the U S. Right. Um, and so sometimes, I mean, we get that kind of Tupac, you know, it's me against the world. It's mm-hmm. like, it's black, <laughs> There's, you know, and I do think that having these global conversations really helps to see more and to see our interconnectedness in ways that I think um, sometimes feel strain, uh, strained yeah. Yeah. at the local level. And so again, it's important. And, and it's not that, it it needs to happen at the local level regardless. Yeah. But it 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 under those conditions where anti-blackness is being articulated and expressed, 
even outside of white spaces, um, yeah. it can be it's complicated, right? And so sure. I think that that yeah. that that need is is really great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, Ben. It... Sorry, Christy. I no, was just going to add that um, to circle back. Like once we realize that what world is being used in a way to not talk about creation but domination mm. um I, I think then to form communities uh, around okay w- w- what is it to to live that love that is god's presence that is the reign of god um or, or the kingdom of god and to have a, a fierceness in understanding um what dorothy day would call the filthy rotten system mm-hmm. um while also having a tenderness with each other and um, so much of those experiments, like uh, I talked about Umzi um, and uh, the Anabaptist network in South Africa and what he brought in in terms of um, even like raising questions about decolonizing. But I also think of um, our, our dear friends at the warehouse and uh, uh, Reverend A. August, who is just phenomenal, um, and how she pushed back against... Um, uh, our study of Willie James Jennings' um, commentary on Acts that we we're going to call Acts After Whiteness. And she's like, after whiteness, still centres white whiteness. Like, let's do something else. And listening to those international voices that um, so often the conversations can be dominated by um, reactions in my context in Australia, or because of the um, amount of media pouring out of your nation and it's um, uh, the geopolitical realities of your nation, that so much of the conversation gets shaped around that. Yeah. An incredible gift it is to to hear from people um, that, hey, that's that's not hitting where we are. Like that, that's not actually touching the need here. Mm-hmm. Um, the ministry hasn't landed there. And um, that has been such a a helpful kind of learning for us to continue to listen. Mm. We'll be right back. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get back to the show. It's so important. I'm, I'm really grateful that you guys are not just like going in, but like through your lives 
teaching us by how you live and modeling for us what this kind of community looks like and how we Mm -hmm. come alongside people and educate, but beyond that, how we love like, like Jesus Mm -hmm. does. Um, So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, Just last night was having a conversation with my kids and we have a multi-ethnic family and just processing through some of the things my kids have heard and discussions and how does Jesus fit into this? What does this actually really mean for me? And so I just want to say thank you for that because mm-hmm. it's Thanks. it's really important. Um, but I am curious about mm-hmm. what's the future hold for you guys? I mean, you mentioned maybe some partnering. You're not going to tell us it's you're, like with a university. We're going to keep that under wraps. Um, but tell us like what kind of vital work is is beckoning your attention right now? I mean, I think inverse is in a always ongoing, growing and transforming state, right? Um, it's not very static. And some of it is because of how Jared and I, like, we've never made it like, we're just going to dominate this space and everyone's going to do it. But it's a, lo- a more organic communal kind of processes that we've had. Um, and because of that, right? I mean, there's and just been- to give a little insight yeah. on what Drew's talking about, it includes people saying, "I hate this book you've chosen. Why yeah, do you yeah. get us reading this book? <laughs> I yeah, hate this book. Right. What, what is right. this? We've got another twelve weeks of this. This this sucks." <laughs> yes, <sighs> yes, that has happened. Um, and so, you know, the communal aspect of it, I think that um, we've encouraged and fostered space for other folks to lead groups within the community as well. And so Mm -hmm. really beautiful things have emerged out of that. Uh, We've created, um, I guess it was, has it been a year now for Common Change? More than a year? Maybe it's been more than a year. Talk about that, Drew, because I seriously think that's one of the most beautiful, like when people say, oh, this is church for me, I'm like, well, there's certain embodied realities that, you know, if I can't smell you, I'm not sure if this is like, if, if we're not doing like um, conflict resolution leading up to communion. I'm not sure if this is, um, but one of those bare necessity requirements for me of of like a a community of Jesus is like economic redistribution and mutuality. And that's why I'm, talk about that, Drew. Yeah. I mean, you think about, so was it second Corinthians eight, where Paul is, you know, talking about those who have and those who don't, and that they need to give that there's depending on translation balance or equality or whatever, but, but how do we live into like this Jubilee vision, this Jubilee ethic, um, Mm -hmm. even for a virtual community. And so as we were going, I mean, we've never just been a book study. Like, I mean, I think that's what people enter into. Oh, I'm going to do a book study with inverse. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're doing community together. Um, And so if you're doing real community together, then you're vulnerable and you understand what people are going through, the challenges um, that people are undergoing. And so we had some folks, especially very early on, that had enormous, you know, financial health bills, but all kinds of stuff. Um, And and spontaneously, like we did. I mean, miracles happens, right? I mean, it was, people were crying afterwards just because we showed up as a community and concretely loved and cared for the folks that were in our community. But then 
to move forward, we were like, all right, that's fine to do like, you know, little GoFundMes or this or that spontaneously within Inverse to try to care for like these really massive needs. Um, but what does it mean for us to put this into practice? Because that's always been for us is um, what are our ongoing practices that actually shape who we are as a community together? And so we started Common Change, which uh, we have this online platform basically um, where uh, anybody, it's voluntary. So not everyone participates in it, but uh, a significant amount of people do. Um, and they choose a certain amount that they want to contribute every month to this, pretty much it's a common purse, right? Idea. Mm. Um, and and so into that, and then mm. anybody that contributes any amounts, I and mean, it could be a dollar, right? Whatever amount that they're contributing, um, then you're a part of this community where you discern and there's consensus around um, affirming needs that are brought into the group. It's always relationally done. Um, and so, you know, someone I know whose card just broke down or their child just went to the hospital and have these enormous debts that they can't, I know Australia doesn't understand what that means, but, but for, yeah. for us, they don't have ins- medical insurance. Um, you know, like how to meet but these over needs. Over here, we just think that's a human right. We're still right. shocked when we're right. like, right. really? Okay, yeah, we'll we're pray crazy. for you, America. We're crazy. America. That is yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so there's this, uh, collective economic kind of jubilee vision that we're kind of leaning into and practicing. And so, I don't know, I mean, we've, it's just been a blessing to give and to share and to teach that kind of generosity and to teach that we belong to each mm-hmm. other um, and that we are responsible for each other um, and that we ought to lean into this, you know, I mean, Luke, the gospel Luke is a radical mm-hmm. text on economics, right? Yep. That's right. And yep. I think that we, uh, do a disservice to not lean into, I don't think you can truly follow after the way of Jesus, right? It's not even possible. And to to not lean into what it means for our responsibility, whether one is poor or wealthy, however we fit into it, that is central to the kingdom of God is the Jubilee ethics that we see at the center of that. And so I think uh, we're, we're, we're fleshing and leaning into that. And that's been really just one piece, right? A lot of people maybe not won't name that initially as one of the, what, what is inverse, but I think that's a, an important part of what inverse is, is um, the economic sharing that happens and the mutuality that happens in the midst of it and the consensus to so the very model that we do it. So it's not just me and Jared overseeing, you know, rubber stamping who, who gets or doesn't get, it's the community itself um, that gets to discern and work towards consensus. And it's really been a beautiful thing. Hmm. If yeah. you think what Jesus says about nonviolence is hard to swallow, wait until you get to what he says about money. It's just, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it's also where the life is. It's, it's where the exciting stories come yes. from. Yes, Jared. Yeah. I think this is some of the benefit I've received from both the Anabaptist uh, tradition and the black mm-hmm. church tradition, the black, uh, mm-hmm. black radical tradition is the reintegration of the material economic world into my spirituality. Yeah. I think one of, one of the, dangers and tragedies of uh, how colonial white supremacy has participated in the principalities and powers of the world is that there's this bifurcation between spiritual and real Mm -hmm. world, Um, you know, and, and there, so that I don't, I don't pray forgive us our debts without spiritualizing it. (laughs) And by spiritualizing it, I don't mean uh, uh, locating it in my actual real world. Yeah. I mean, there's some ledger that Christ's, you know, righteousness is imputed to. 
you, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and and so the the way that you guys have brought these two traditions together that are really doing theology from some of the same places, which is um, we get killed just for existing, <laughs> you know, and we have to like fight for um, either this faith matters for like here and now, or it's not worth my time. Um, and so the way you guys are marrying those traditions and embodying those traditions together and the work you're doing is a gift. So, um, I just echo Christie's thanks. And I, as we, as we wind down here, I want to give you a chance to tell people how can they become a part of the inverse community? Um, I'm, I'm a Patreon supporter and I'd love for other people to do that too. So, uh, maybe plug your pluggables is what I'm saying. Right. Sure. Jared. Uh, sh- should I play keys, Drew, and you do the altar call? <laughs> Make sure there's a nice synth kind of underneath. That's, it. <laughs> that's when you get the best result. So, um, Matt, where uh, my family thanks you for um, contributing to the the Patreon um, at, at the moment during COVID. Um, that's uh, been our income. So um, uh, that said. You can get into the Patreon um, if you don't have anything. And this is probably the worst economic model and why why it's hard to pay bills. But um, we're so committed to a Jubilee economics. Um, we don't want to do, hey, if you give this much, you get more than others got. Mm-hmm. We have people that um, uh, give like $100 a month and they're getting the same thing that those who are on the um, scholarship level um, of a dollar a month are getting. And Mm. they know that, both communities know that, and they appreciate each other. The fact that we've seen um, people, um, the community stand up when somebody was facing like homelessness in Northern Europe um, or medical bills on Turtle Island um, uh, or the realities of paying rent in South Africa, um, those things I'm so thankful for and proud of. So if people are looking for a way to participate in something where um, not only are you supporting um, these kind of listening spaces where uh, we can trust the spirit to actually lead us out into life, um, please participate. Um, Please find a place. And particularly for those who aren't finding a place, um, uh, for for those who uh, there is no need to continue to hang out in places where um, uh, you're not included. There are spaces where you you can be um, celebrated and find life. So Mm. we're here and anybody's welcome, but it's not for everyone. We've had lots of complaints. We were expecting more of you and Drew. Um, We we wanted to hear more from you instead of hear from all these people around the world. I'm like, sorry. Mm. (laughs) That's what you're getting. That's what you're going to get. Right, that's right. And one of the really beautiful things I think has been precisely because we've insisted that this is not going to be the Drew and Jared show, right? When people come into these online spaces is um, the way that, you know, so many folks and especially uh, women of color have Mm. told us over and over and over again that, you know, they kind of found their voice and really felt affirmed and it has helped them launch other stuff outside of the inverse. And that's just been really uh, exciting to see that process happen multiple times now, um, precisely because, and we didn't even talk about the practices and processes of our community, but, but who's 
even in virtual space, how do we put some practices and processes in place so that the last are first and the first are last, even in mm-hmm. terms of how we share and how we listen to one another. Um, and it's been um, really great to see the implications of how that shaped people's um, visions for what they can do even outside of the inverse space and also inside the inverse space as well. Yeah. Well, y'all are doing uh, crucial work. I think that last piece you just mentioned, Drew, about uh, we need to hew out a renewed imagination that is actively dissenting against forces like white supremacy and mammon that really limit the possibilities, you know, um, of what we can even accomplish or build or create. Like the econ- the, the generous economy you're creating seems scandalous or transgressive to some, but there's a there's a logic, a kingdom logic at the heart of it. And sort of like you, you guys are like hacking through the jungle of, <laughs> of of mammon. You know, mammon has grown over the ground, and you guys are driving back the darkness. And it's a it's a discrete expression of that, rather than some sort of um, abstract, pristine, idealistic expression of that. And so I just celebrate it, and I thank you guys both for spending time with us today. Yeah. Um, wh- where can people find you personally if they want to learn more about you online? Yeah, so of course, obviously, you can find me on Inverse Podcast, so you can subscribe to that. Uh, but also, so you can find my books, both Trouble I've Seen and Who Will Be a Witness, are available anywhere books are sold. Um, I do a lot of which speaking. everybody should buy. Mm-hmm. I don't make any money from these books. Yep, but everybody should have copies of them. Appreciate that, Jared. And then I, I do a lot of speaking and traveling, especially um, throughout North America. And so you can catch me also in your local cities. Um, Glad to connect while I'm in your in your town, um, and yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me in all those spaces as well. Drew Hart, D R U H A R T, for most of my usernames. I'm gonna hold you to that. So next time you're in Colorado Springs, guess what? <laughs> Taking you out for coffee, Emma would be like, Here "Tell go. me, teach me." Yep. That's right. Sorry, That's go good. ahead, Jared. How can they find you? Now, Colorado Springs is a place with an interesting history, Christy. Mm. It's also like a beautiful part of the world. But anyway, a a conversation for another time. Um, (laughs) uh, If people find themselves on Wajuk Noongar land, um, come for a hike. Uh, Let's go Mm. for a surf. Um, In terms of online, at Jared, J-A-R-R-O-D McKenna, M-C-K-E-N-N-A, I have just had two babies during the pandemic. People are like, oh, what have you wow. been up to during lockdown? And <laughs> we're two kids. So, so I'm not, um, I haven't been traveling for a little bit. I show up at conferences on a screen and people are disappointed. Um, mm. uh, but if people were in my part of the world, please come find us. Um, I was also just going to plug um, two books, neither of which that I wrote. But if you'd like to participate in Inverse's Listening Spirituality, um, Drew and I are leading people through um, some writings from the patristics. We're doing um, uh, On Social Justice by mm. St. Basil the Great. So that's in Subversive Seminary um, mm. and in Liberating Sunday School. In October. Coming up in October. So you got time. Um, and uh, also coming up um, October, November, um, uh, we have Dr. Will Gaffney's Womanist Midrash. Mm. Uh, we're telling people, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So um, if, if you want to rediscover a love for the Hebrew Bible and stop the kind of soft anti-Semitic, oh, the Old Testament God versus the New Testament God stuff, and instead find um, a, a picture of God that is beautiful, please come join us. We'd, we'd mm-hmm. love to have you with us. Mm. 
Very good. Thanks for that, Drew. Jared, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Lord have mercy. Thank you for Christ have mercy. Thank you for Drew and Jared. Yeah. 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 What did you guys um what'd you notice? What's what was stirring uh in you? as that you listen to what they shared. Yeah. You know, I noticed two things. One, I have a lot to learn and I need Mm. people like Drew and Jared in my life to teach me and to give me like a new vision to, to a new imagination for living life in a way that really does reflect Jesus. Mm. Um, Yeah. That's one. The other thing that I noticed is when at the very end, and actually this is really, um, the extra credit time. Mm -hmm. Um, So not everybody heard this, but at the very end, you you talked a little bit about hearing from them about creating space for um, those who wouldn't have a voice. So Mm -hmm. whether it's women or um, ethnically, that type of thing. And I just was thinking about the people in my life who have done that for me. And I can't do it for myself. And I, I guess maybe mm. people don't understand this, but like as a woman, I can't like create the space to like have a voice for myself. And so it has to be people like Matt and and Ben, you doing that for me or um, other people in my past. And so just mm. really grateful for people who have kind of put their neck out there mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. and how I see them, you know, uh, yeah. Drew and Jared doing that for other women and, and mm. people. So really grateful for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I'm struck once again. We had um, somebody on the podcast uh, a long time ago um, named, uh, his name is escaping me. His first name's Jin. Remember, he runs this uh, underground seminary yeah. in Minneapolis. Jin, What's that guy's Jin name? Jin Kim, right? Jin Kim, yeah, that's right. Um, I felt the same way about uh, Jared and, and Drew as I did about Jin in that. There is something about the way they inhabit a prophetic um, voice that I want I want to grow into. Um, that they they are able to they, they are able to simultaneously be incisively sort of prophetic in terms of naming the the powers and the principalities, um, but also they are filled with a gentleness and a kindness that. Uh, like a love that I think is, um, yeah, is just striking to me. Yeah. And a, um, I think oftentimes those things are are pitted against each other, mm-hmm. as though being filled with gentleness and love is is a way of being nice and and like uh, not saying what needs to be said. Um, I mean, this is you know we talk about this with the with our tool, the Grace and Truth Matrix, where mm-hmm. there is a there's this kind of dichotomy between calling people out and hanging out. And anyway, I just really appreciate meeting people who seem to live in what we call grace and truth, which is the call in kind of quadrant mm-hmm. where people are able to, they're not, uh, they're not uh, shying away from saying what needs to be said, but they're also, uh, they're not also shying away from, you know, being filled with with love and right. gentleness, right. Um, sort of just embodying what I think I would like to be when I grow up. Right. And so. they're not dripping with bitterness. 
right that's kind of what i mean yeah yeah that's kind of what i mean and i you know i don't i don't ever want to complain about that necessarily when when people are just because i i I get it um but i just think there's something something really beautiful Mm -hmm. about the way that they inhabit the prophetic work that they're doing yes i appreciate yeah ben as you're speaking um i'm reminded of the the form of love the form of godliness that that denies its power is sort of this Mm. performative niceness right right and um, it it sometimes passes for like cr- Christian niceness energy. I don't know if any the listeners can hear what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. It's like somebody's yeah, working sure. really hard to be the mm-hmm. nicest person you've ever met, mm-hmm. and it shows up I think in different um, regions of the United States differently. You know, there's different sure. affects, different phrases, different mm-hmm. um, kind of habits, and probably around the world. But there there is something unmistakable about mm. a a posture that is truly humble and loving that yeah. blows that performative niceness out of the water. Yeah, it's yes. a completely different thing. It's not like that performative niceness is approaching. Nope. This hum- humility and love. Nope. They're different. They're totally different. Yep. Right. And you you know it when you sort of encounter it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so anyway, that's that's what struck me. I I was just like, I want to learn how to like not just like speak like this, but like be like this. I want to learn how to be like this. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you should check out Inverse. It'll be in the show notes, patreon.com slash Inverse. I don't even know if we ever said that. It's a good podcast. Uh, Check out the podcast. Check out their Patreon. I love the economic uh, uh, justice that they're doing for their Inverse community. Um, And also, I just want to let you guys know that sometimes I... Sometimes I, I tell jokes at the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure if it's I've, appreciated. I've noticed that. Well, I've noticed that. I actually, I actually got up some gumption, and I entered uh, ten puns in a pun contest, hoping mm-hmm. that one would win, but no pun intended. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> every time, Matt. Every time. <laughs> I'm like preparing myself. Like, oh, Ten he's pounds. really not going to give a joke today. That's great. Yeah, no joke today. This podcast was too good to to uh, to finish with a joke, guys. I'm, oh, listeners. Ten puns. I'm, I'm I'm apologizing on behalf of Matt well, today. Listener, just just know that I shared I shared some pain that I uh, went zero for ten in a pun contest, and I just got laughed at. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, right. not, we're not yet at the uh, the we're inverse not, podcast. No, uh, we're not caring for one another level. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not calibrating that kind of not love right quite now. Quite yet. Uh, all right, all right well, listener. In due, in due time. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging with us, <laughs> yep. uh, listeners. Um, this was yeah, such a great conversation. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sturkey and Matt Tebby. 
Aaron Sturkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his work at AaronSturkey.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.